attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments made about the star of Dude Where's My Car portraying this century's most revolutionary tech genius are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Ashton Kutcher? America, you've been punked. Oscar nomination That's for a- Ashton Kutcher. Oh, I thought you meant for Siri. Because... <laughs> uh- <laughs> That's a pretty big get. Yeah, you get Siri, Siri in your movie. It's yeah. a it's a star-studded show full of guests. Yeah, that's true. Siri, Siri. maybe the one most known. No offense to <laughs> anybody. The most Siri, household name. The most household name. Mm-hmm. Close personal friend of Sam Jackson's. Does anyone know today. if that's a real voice or a computer-generated? Like from scratch? Can you do a, a voice completely from scratch? Sure. Technology being what it is? You, really? Sure. You, you can't sure. just, you don't have to base it on some actor or actress who are coming in? No, you're asking a guy whose technical technological expertise in that goes as far as the speaking spell, but I don't know. <laughs> was that a guy? That was a, was that that was a guy. Yeah. That was a recording. Ah. Well, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. What happens in Ve- what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Except herpes. That ship will come <laughs> back with you. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, special guests a plethora of which we have, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the beautiful heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. Catch us on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we're on a, we're a video podcast. Go to YouTube, search a movie showcast, or the movie guys, we come right up. And don't forget, we're also available on badtomato.fm Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern. Paul Preston here with Lee Caius and Karen Volpe. Adam Witt is off shooting a pilot, so alert the TSA. But filling in for us the whole sh- uh, for, for him uh, with us for the whole show is actor, writer, producer, improv Swami and big movie fan Paul Valencourt. Hey, everybody, hey, Mr. thank Valencourt. you, thank you very much, Paul Swami, Valencourt. That's nice, thank you. Swami, I have yes. a question. For I actually hit hit the thesaurus for them because oh, gu- nice. Guru is probably reserved for Del like, Close. Del Close, right? <laughs> probably. I think yeah, he's yeah. he's the one. Yeah, I, w- I don't. I think I can presume humility that you wouldn't. No. Or would you call yourself a guru? I don't want to. No, know, I don't no. think so. A Swami. I'm just a guy trying to make a buy in the improv world. Trying to, I'm just a guy standing here in front of you trying to tell you I love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just trying to say yes and see what I can get going. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Lee? Uh, yes, I was wondering, question. how long did it take you to, to, to decide on Valancourt as your fake name? Um, it was really easy. <laughs> it was either that or Smith, and I felt like so many Smith. Is that so. really your name, or is that a stage name? No, that's my real Paul name. Paul Valancourt. That's Isn't that so cool? regal. It's great, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it, though? Thanks. Absolutely. I yeah. feel like I'm It took me forever to Paul spell it. Valancourt. Like, when I finally graduated high school, I was like, finally, Valancourt. Got it. Do people have any trouble when they see it? Can they make that transition to how it sounds? No. Ugh, that sucks. No. And they can't spell it. From hearing it, they can't spell it backwards. Like they, what I do mean, they think it says? They think it says... Valian court? They ooh. make it fancier? Sure. Oh, there's an extra I in there. Valian court oh. or villain court? Villain, ooh, villain court villain would be a great cool. like yeah. comic book name. Right. Villain court. Now, would you change an actor name from Valian court to villain court? Or is it just like, <laughs> do people ever do that? Like change a letter? But then, are you typecasting yourself? Yeah, or, right? Hey, I guess you are. For Hi, a I'm, lifetime I'm of Johnny work. Hero Smith. Like, I mean, <laughs> Johnny Hero Smith. The, the, the other way, would you do it that way? Yeah. I mean, Christopher Walken ain't complaining, playing the bad guy forever in a day. Yeah. But then again, uh, who knows what he changed his name from? 
They're, everybody's Jewish, right? Who changes their name? Right. Valen Kortstein? Sure. Who knows what That's he was? That's who it is. Valen it at Ellis Island. Hey, we <laughs> ask this of everybody who comes on the show. What's yeah. your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Hellboy. Wrong. <laughs> get out of here. We have yet to get a... Cu- <laughs> we have yet to find a guest who gets it right. <laughs> what's, what's the right answer? No, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't. Uh, Hellboy. Hellboy. No for a long time, it was, uh, it was Blade Runner. Forever, oh, but man. the movie that I watched the most, I feel like when I'm just like gonna watch him, just like what am I gonna watch? Hellboy, Hellboy. Was, finds its way into the thing. Yeah. Is that the one with the guy with the things? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ron Perlman. Ron yeah, Perlman. Thank you for those of you at home. It's the one with the guy with the things. <laughs> but whenever so anybody, just ask your video clerk. <laughs> yeah. If you go in back in time to store. the '80s, <laughs> get in your time machine, go to the '80s. You gotta do right. this. Go into watch your... Blade Runner in the theater, then come back. <laughs> but if yeah. you do this, you might get Legend. So. <laughs> You got to be careful yes. in yeah. the 80s. But whenever over 40 references. You can also get like Loki, so maybe get like Thor, maybe get the Avengers. You get a ton of movies with this yeah. kind of work. But whenever anybody tells me that their favorite movie is Blade Runner, I always have to ask, have you seen Blade Runner? Yes, I've okay. seen Blade Runner a bunch of times. I saw it recently. It's not you like it's recently. Clue. Like I've seen Blade Runner. That's a dig on our sound uh, legend, Jamie. <laughs> no, I recently saw Clue. Blade Runner for the se- only the second time in my life, and I can appreciate for appreciate it for what it was at the time. But I just, it's a slow burn, and it doesn't quite get there. And I, just, it is a slow burn, and that's why it's sort of over time. I've sort of gotten away from Blade Runner, and I really like Hellboy. I just think it's such a great. Like Guillermo del Toro knows how to make a movie, and it's it just really I just really love that movie. Oh, it's you'll great, like this. It's a great Karen. looking yeah. movie. He's been saying Hellboy, yeah. and the whole time I've been thinking Sin City. Oh, oh good. But Robert Rodriguez. See, it, but guy. there was none of this in Sin City, right. so that's all I'm saying. Like, I don't know where I came up with that. What is she talking about? <laughs> movies aren't remotely close. I to know. One another. Outside of yeah, they're not even syllabically. Well, doesn't Ron Perlman look a little like uh, what's his nuts? Like Mickey Rourke. There you go. Yeah, no. Okay. One's red. Well, yeah. That's a major difference. Yeah, oh, one's right. red and has that's giant right. horn things on his head. <laughs> what I like about the Hellboy yes, franchise, Guillermo del Toro didn't just do all CGI. A lot of character makeup yeah. in both the Hellboy movies. You know, it brought me right back to the cantina in right? Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You Would know? you like me to get the baton and start twirling it again? <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. dig on the fact that, you know, was something wrong. was there something ever wrong with the guy in the mask? You know, instead we get the no, fake like rubbery that. CGI character. That you, you don't say this is that character right away. You say, eh, that's CGI. Mm-hmm. But instead, I think the guy with the mask can act perfectly fine. Yeah, and Ron Perlman's, like, made his whole career mostly, like, being in a mask. Like, his first big job was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. All yeah, mask true. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That was Ron Perlman? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Like, oh, the first time I saw him without a mask, I was like, what's he doing without that mask on? <laughs> and then he still kind of looks crazy. He, he still kind of looks like a cat. That kind of looks yeah. still like a mask. Yeah. <laughs> Ran I feel like him. later in his career, he'll like peel that off right? and be like, that's Ron Perlman. <laughs> Holy he, shit. He looks like Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, my God. That guy is really into it. Method. Ron Perlman's been a character he's playing all these years. It's yeah. like a sub sort of plot he's been working on the whole time. Like the Guy Folks mask. He eventually just buy the Ron Perlman mask, and it's his face. It's his it's face. It's the face of Ron Perlman. Well, have you ever seen Ron Perlman and Johnny Depp in the same place? No. So I think bingo. You think, uh, character actor Johnny Depp. My wife will be so psyched. Oh my god! Yeah. I right, know really later. Hellboy because Johnny Depp's in it. Johnny Depp. He, play, he plays Ron Perlman. He plays Ron <laughs> playing Hellboy <laughs> makes perfect sense. Wow, you could get her to watch a lot of movies that way. Get me I'd to steal watch. that if yeah. you didn't blow it on the air in front of Karen. Oh. Now later in the show we'll be celebrating Shark Movie Week. <gasps> The Discovery Channel just ended do, Shark do. Week, and traditionally that's when over here at the Movie Guys Channel, do, we fire do, up do, Shark do. Movie Week. And we'll have the star of the shark-centric film Open Water, Daniel Travis, here on the show Ooh, to kick things around. Big get. cool. And lest we forget, it's another huge August weekend at the movies. So <sighs> fear not, we will bring you our patented spoilerless previews of everything coming out, including 
Oscar and NAACP award bait, The Butler. No. Mm-hmm. The, the title won't leave you wondering what it's all about, action film Kick-Ass 2. <laughs> we celebrate back-to-school days with Ashton Kutcher as a college dropout and founder of Apple Computers in Jobs. Mm. And later... I was born and raised in Brooklyn. My father was a security guard for over 32 years with nothing to show for it. I've spent years on the ground floor refining my skills in hopes that one day I'd make enough to take care of my old man. All I needed was a chance. I'm going to paint you rich. That is a clip from Paranoia. Oh. Mm. Where the guy gets rich doing nefarious things in the world of high techery. Which I know nothing about. Do you think we'll learn anything about it from this movie? No, not even from Isn't our jokes. Isn't his dad played by Richard Dufus? Dreyfus. Dreyfus. He's got an Oscar. He is. I like Richard Dreyfus. Who doesn't like Richard Dreyfus? I I do. Yeah. I was making a goof Dreyfus. on his name. But he, yeah. He, I think this the, the, the tech credential of this movie are somewhat suspect because in the trailer they show a wind-up robot. <gasps> which is like, oh, that's going to be high tech. Like, oh. <laughs> I've been on the ground floor making these wind-up bug robots forever. <laughs> I'm on Fantastic. top of shit. Because I, I want to be like 1980s Clash of the Titans. <laughs> well, How does it happen that Jobs comes out the same week as that movie? Exactly. Right? It's There's no wind-up shit in Jobs. Yeah, because well, there's that. Sebastian Kutcher. What? <laughs> That's not <laughs> nice no one to said say. That. Well, listen, I'm still pretty shocked that there are so many movies opening up in the dog days of August. I guess they're promoting air conditioning <laughs> as much as content. But we shouldn't waste any time. Lee, let's talk about The Butler. Or as it was retitled, Lee Daniels, the butler. Or as we like to call it, Lee Daniels, the butler, based on the novel pushed by Sapphire. (laughs) Just in time to celebrate the repeal of the Voting Rights Act, comes a story about how people used to be really racist. The only thing that might impact the box office on this is all the people still waiting in line to vote in Florida. It's the heartwarming tale of how a disadvantaged minority youth is taken in by an affluent white family and given the singular task of protecting the high school star quarterback. It's a poorly mixed soundbite, isn't it? What was that? That was was Forrest Whitaker. Ridgemont High. Smashing the shit out of the team and the other team had found. Hit by Jefferson. Jefferson in the tackle. Tackle by Jefferson. I thought it was from the blind side. I was like, it could be any number of these movies. That's the pull the rug out move from up here. Forget it. Uh, Let's see. Here's the plot. Forrest Whitaker, America's most beloved Forrest that's not retarded, (laughs) plays Cecil Gaines. A butler who worked in the White House for from the Eisenhower administration through the Reagan years. We see history unfold through his eyes, just like the forest that's retarded. Oh my god! Unbelievable. The tumultuous history of civil rights is seen through Cecil's perspective in proximity to those presidents that decided to take a stand or not until history's ultimate blow against racism, which is of course the nomination of this movie as an o- for an Oscar. It's a story for the ages, those ages being 40 to 60. (laughs) In what is being described as George Zimmerman's new favorite movie, The Butler, has a cast chock full of white liberals playing presidents and first ladies while black actors get to play black people. Robin Williams has been cast as Dwight Eisenhower, easy choice for anybody who knows about Eisenhower's energetic comic (laughs) riffs. And there's a bit of political revenge with the casting of Jane Fonda as Nancy Reagan. There's also John Cusack as Richard Nixon, which sounds more like a suggestion shouted at an improv show. (laughs) Yes, and this marks the return of Oprah Winfrey as a dramatic film actress. But even with her strong character development, suspension of disbelief couldn't possibly work here because 
She's Oprah. It'd be like Barack Obama running for city council or smoking weed again as a grad student. You just can't go back. How often does that plane go by? So often you won't even notice, Paul. And Oprah's <laughs> virtually unrecognizable here, playing a black woman. We've got a bunch of clips of her in the movie. Let's, uh, let's play a few here. Here's the right. uh, first one. Everything you are and everything you have is because of that butler. Yeah. Oh, great. The butler did it. Oh. Jesus, Oprah, how about a spoiler alert? <laughs> Alrighty, Paul, another clip. Yeah, here we go. I ain't scared no popo. Call a popo, ho. I'm sorry, that was Medea. My bad. Let's do this again. Uh, I see why she hasn't uh, done many films. Uh, the, she has an Oscar. Anyway, mm -hmm. the next clip, however, is from the middle of the film when the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was passed. You've got civil rights, and you've got civil rights, you've got civil rights, and you've got civil rights. Under their chair, right? Under the chair. Under the chair. That's yeah. nice. The crowd just loves her. So how do you direct Oprah in this? Here's how. Just tell her she's on the set of her show. She'll start proselytizing, and chances are what she says will work perfect in the script. Now, this movie is being promoted as Lee Daniels, the butler. And whenever a movie boasts a director I've never heard of before in an attempt to trick me into thinking, oh, he must be really good, I can't help but think about all the other phony selling points of other products, like Chevron Gas, now with Smogtron, or the Ford Focus with Ego Boost, or starring Oprah Winfrey. There you go. The Butler. Although well, uh, the Butler does sound like a name that Gerard Butler could use for himself. Yeah. Now that he's walking around, you know what the Butler does? Talking about himself in third person. That would be awesome. Butler reference. <laughs> Sorry, that happens every once in a while. I want to see this. You guys are all I do. Being crazy. I didn't say I, I didn't want to. Right. What? I'll see it. I want to see this. What? I'll see everything. But you know, I'll give this a shot. Guy, the guy who made it won an Oscar. I guess one Oscar means you can stick his name on it. What did he win an Oscar for? He wrote the script for Precious. Of Push, course he did. Based on the novel what was I Push thinking? My Sapphire. It's not as if he wrote it for Kick-Ass. What was I thinking? No, wait. Did he just write that script or did he direct that movie? Yeah, why yeah. doesn't Sapphire get an Oscar? Right? Who's Sapphire? Lee Daniels? That wrote the book, the book that Precious yeah. is based on. Oh. Yeah, the one who got the Oh, you finally figured out the thing you've been saying <laughs> for like three years? <laughs> well, I've never quite understood who Sapphire was in that whole paradigm. Yeah, I the, assume. The, so, the, I thought the Sapphire the source was, material. The yeah. source material, yeah. Oh, I thought it was the the big girl in the movie. That's not Sapphire. That's no. Precious. That's Precious. Okay. I'm keeping score. The Princess Bride, based on the novel okay, so The Princess Sin Bride City's by the William one Golden. About. <laughs> <laughs> but Precious is the one with the big horns in her head. Oh, yes. That's, uh, Perfect. Uh, now we know. That's now we got horrible. that straightened out. Let's move on. But <laughs> it's seriously, his favorite movie. Yes. Lee Daniels, I have never heard of before, but he did what? Precious. Okay. So I think you're allowed to go ahead and call your movie. I mean, do we do they not do that with Martin Scorsese? Isn't it say it's a Scorsese film? No, he no, doesn't. He well, they say doesn't put Martin his name, like, in the title. Yeah. It's not Martin Scorsese's Wolf of Wall Street coming out. Oh, oh no, this is one of those things. Is this like the Tyler thing? Perry? Yeah, it's that thing. Right. Uh -oh. The auteur syndrome. Alan Smithy's The Babysitter is Dead. I don't know. <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> Jamie's chiming in. There's a big in. lawsuit. Uh-oh, lawsuit, Who's, Jamie's Who got saying. sued? Warner Brothers. Uh -oh, Somebody got sued. Lee Daniels, because the title of the movie was The Butler, and Warner Brothers took him to court because there was a 1918 silent movie of the Called same the title. Oh, oh, right, right, There's right. a they movie. Won, oh. So his answer was to call it Lee Daniels. The That's Butler. pretty clever. So wait, it's almost... Okay, so let's reiterate in case you couldn't hear, Jamie. Let's yes. start again. Precious is... Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, could you reiterate? There was a movie called The Butler that came out in 1918, <laughs> so they had to change the title. And so instead of changing the title to something... Uh, yeah, it's something more like... Let's, oh, let's bottle. Let's bottle. Let's whatever. Bottle. Uh, what was it like to be black in, you know, whatever year... They just put the guy's name on it. It sounds like a giant F.U. 
Well, I don't know. Like I think that. that's it's a little sassy. I would always put my name in front of stuff if but I that's could. That's you. You're kind of like an fu person. <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. This is Hi, I'm Lee Guys. Is Lee Guys? This is Lee Guys, and this is the movie guys. That's you. I'm Keith Preston's Paul Preston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sign your checks like that. This is a uh, Keith Guy, uh, Lee Guys check. Here you go. Enjoy this. Enjoy yeah. this. A Lee Guys meal. Enjoy this. This has been a Lee Guys love making. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've oh, just been laid it. by Lee Kai. Is it the version of third person? But in a, yeah, in a title. Yeah. But Lee Daniels. When Lee Daniels makes a movie, it makes a Lee Daniels movie, and I call it Lee Daniels Butler. But I do want to see it. I'll see it. I'll I'll go because I'll feel guilty because I'm white, and I'm sure this is all meant to make me feel guilty. I'll get it from Netflix and not watch it for a week and send it back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but at least it's, on it record, is, it is the best intentions. <laughs> but I will not watch this movie. Did probably. you watch The Help? No. Oh, then you won't watch this movie. But I, but I do like Forrest Whitaker, and I will recommend Ghost uh, Ghost Dog, uh, The Way of the oh, Samurai. Ghost yeah. Dog is a great movie. There you go. Now we're kicking it. Love that movie. <laughs> That's a great movie. That's Ghost a good Dog, Forrest Whitaker yeah. movie right there. Amen. Yeah, Ghost like Dog, the Way movie the of our guest, please. Like one of the movies we're, our guest he, brings We're, we're, we're all on the same page. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a great soundtrack, that is too. Good. Yeah, that you is. You have a, the great that, soundtrack? That's Jarmish. That's a Jim Jarmish film, yeah. yeah. I love it. Oh, I, oh. I love the whole sequence with the French. The guy speaks French, and uh, the guy builds yeah. the boat on the sea, on the roof, and yeah, it's... and he's like waving that samurai sword around on the roof with really his cool. pigeons and stuff. It's Ghost cool. pigeon, what's he? Uh, passenger pigeon. <laughs> you don't remember that? Scene? Passenger <laughs> pigeon's been dead since 1929. Oh my God! What is that? I don't know. Some some in the middle of Ghost Dog, I guess. <laughs> Alan Ruck comes out and imitates uh, <laughs> Sloan Peterson's dad. <laughs> Is that not a scene? <laughs> that is. That's oh, my God. That's it's a really good movie. It's a great choke. movie. It is a really cool movie. No, no. Put it down on your little... Whoa. Yeah, put it right down Electric. your list. I don't know list. if you should put Ghost Dog on <laughs> Yes, do it. I know what you like. I, I'll i put a note that you told me. I'll know right. who to blame yeah, if blame I don't me. like it. Well, there's That's plenty fine. of good movies she doesn't have on her list. I just know what Karen would like. Uh, what did you What did you put on... It has the word dog in it. There you go. And there's a dog in it. There is a dog in it. Does it die? Because I don't like dog movies. Oh, you know who? What actress was in it is the girl that ended up on the Bernie Mac show. That the girl who played his daughter. God, she's such a great actress. She's so good. You forgot. Well, you know, and that's all we have on the Butler. (laughs) (laughs) In conclusion, the Butler ghosty ghost dog. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I should say when we first saw this trailer and all the heavy and makeup actors playing U.S. presidents, we thought we were watching an SNL sketch, right? Sure. It turns out we were right. Early versions of the film featured a host of Saturday Night Live actors, but the end result didn't have the gravitas uh, Oprah required for her involvement. Mm. Well, after recasts, reshoots, and re-edits, we have the film we have now. But we still have the trailer that we downloaded of the early cut of the film. So for an exclusive Movie Guys clip presentation, we'd like to play it for you now. You hear nothing. You see nothing. You only serve. You know he got that job himself. The White House called him. He didn't call the White House. I want to hear all the stories. I don't know how many stories you're going to hear because they done swore him to some kind of secret code. Here's how we do things. The red countries are the countries we sell arms to. The green countries are the countries where we wash our money. You looking for some help? (laughs) You done broke our window. You done stole our food. And now you asking for a job? It was my understanding that there would be no math. (laughs) Brother, the black domestic play an important role in our history. I want to talk to you tonight about a a time on a democratic tradition. (laughs) Sexual performance in the White House. (laughs) You've changed my heart. And it goes on like that. I yeah. would go see that movie. Oh, Daryl Hammond yeah. shows up. Yeah. yeah. Dan Harvey Harkroyd. comes on, does some yeah. George Bush. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's that's, a good time. Uh, well, you know, that's just why I don't make movies. I would have gone with that yeah. one. I know. 
I don't know what the counter-programming is here, The Butler or Kick-Ass 2, but from the category of wildly different than our last movie comes Jim Carrey joining Hit Girl and the gang in Kick-Ass 2. Paul? Just when you wondered when this summer was going to get around to releasing a fucking superhero sequel already, comes Kick-Ass 2! The sequel to 2010's Kick-Ass, the R-rated cure for family-friendly costume adventure. Aaron Taylor-Johnson returns as Dave Lewski, the alter ego of Kick-Ass, the homemade superhero of the original who pulls no punches. He re-teams with Hit-Girl, played by Chloe Grace Moretz, and the sidekick's so cool she makes Robin look like a girl. Together, they continue the mission started by her father, Big Daddy, played in the original film by Nicolas Cage, during a brief hint of respectability over the last ten years of his career. The influence of Kick-Ass continues to be felt by the populace starved for street justice in what is sure to be the ultimate Take Back the Night campaign. They're joined by a veritable Comic-Con floor of DIY heroes, including Colonel Stars and Stripes, played by Jim Carrey who makes a welcome return to over-the-top character comedy, or for the younger end of the demographic, trying it for the first time. <laughs> and there's a cast of villains that would make the Tick proud. Mother Russia, The Tumor, and Genghis Carnage. This is a superhero movie that anyone who's ever swung a baseball bat can relate to, because that's the extent of their superpower. No, these aren't really superheroes in the traditional sense. Nobody has superpowers, no one's from another planet, no one's been bitten by a bug or been the victim of an industrial accident, but hey, they all have really cool pajamas. Basically, the fight scenes look like someone was saving seats in Hall H. <laughs> the villains start with the Red Mist, played by McLovin. Mm. Sorry, Christopher Mintz-Plass, we know you've had a career besides super bad, but none of it is coming to my mind right now. <laughs> and we had a clip for that that's Aww. gone. Uh, now, the Red Mist has dropped his former moniker and has decided to become the world's first supervillain, calling himself the Motherfucker. Now, if Superman is a man who's super, and Spider-Man is a man who's a spider... I'd rather not know what the motherfucker's powers are. <laughs> Indeed. Kick-Ass became the standard bearer of the adult-oriented superhero movie by doing one thing that few other R-rated comic book outings have done. Make a profit. Mm. The only thing missing is the director of the original, Matthew Vaughn, who followed Kick-Ass by making the second best X-Men movie ever, X-Men First Class. But as a longtime superhero fan and movie guy, who could have guessed ten years ago that any of that last sentence was possible? As much as I like to believe Jim Carrey's renunciation of the violence in Kick-Ass 2, I think he's using the reverse psychology approach so the film gets an audience. I'll take it more seriously when he condemns Mr. Popper's Penguins or Batman Forever. Indeed. I agree. Yes. Those were an assault <laughs> on your senses. I want to see this because I still haven't been able to figure out where in that movie Jim Carrey is. He looks so yeah. not Jim Carrey-ish. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's amazing. And I don't, I don't and I'm not getting a, any hints of his Jim Carreyness in his persona. Usually he's got that that one kind of shtick bit face that he does. I haven't seen it in the pre I'm very excited about this. He hasn't talked out of his ass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although he should probably bring that back. I mean, those were huge hits for yeah. him. He's just yeah. not having huge hits anymore. No. Talk out of your ass again, Jim. And I just recently saw the first some of the first kick ass. I had no idea what a good movie this was. This whole thing. Yeah. Somebody should tell me these way things. Way over the time. <laughs> you're busy with that dog movie. I don't know. <laughs> I, think was, I think we've established you're not aware of good movies. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boom. No, no, but it's uh, it, it's a little over the top. That might be true. But it's, be true. you know, it's like a little much. This one? The, the first one. But I liked it. A little much in what respect? I don't know. It's like, Too much kick-ass? Well, there's a, there's a <laughs> lot of violence and there's a lot of swearing. And maybe to the point where I'm like, okay, already, I get it. I mean, you're rated R. Maybe calm down a little bit. That's two of my top criteria for a movie, violence and swearing. <laughs> it's got go. that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, let's do this. Are there boobies in this one? 
know. I don't think there's Violent nudity. swearing and boobies. That's the trifecta. Yeah, I don't think they not, do boobies, no. do they? No? All right, I, I don't know. think so. Hmm. I don't think they can with Glory Grace Moritz. She's like 13. Yeah, is she like a little tiny girl? Because I, I don't know her outside of that picture of the wig and stuff. Is she just little? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's three little. years ago. She's grown, but she'll... She still, still looks really little. Yeah, yeah. kind of creepy. And will kick your ass still. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. But with her name, what is it? Chloe, Chloe, Chloe Grace Moritz, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Christopher Mintz Plass. This film is having a run on three named actors. Certainly. The Michael, Maybe Ooh. Jan Michael Vincent shows up in the next one. That Michael would Thomas, be awesome. Because we haven't had enough over 40 references in the show. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Aaron Johnson was his name in the first one. You can see it on the poster there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he met Sam Taylor Wood, a, a Think of the producer of the movie Nowhere Boy. She worked on the a film woman, Nowhere yes. Boy. Yeah, where he played uh, John Lennon. So he changed his name to Aaron Taylor Johnson. Adorable or giant pussy move? Are they dating or married? Ador- married. It's an adorable pussy oh. move is what it is. Yeah. Why? Just because he took her name instead? That's why I gave it a little bit of both. I said, it, I, I can understand as a woman why you wouldn't want to give up your name and your identity. But at the same time, as a dude, you just can't make that move, can you? He Can't. took the half. He took the, the half of it too. He didn't become Wood. Yeah. He took the Taylor hyphen it. Put that in the middle of his name. Oh, it's like a little new middle name. And she's like sixty, right? I don't know. Like no, anyway. I think she's forty something. But they still got about it's a May 15, December romance going yeah. on there. It's sort yeah. of like a. It's sort of, in some ways it's an empty gesture because it's like uh, okay, fine, I'll take your the first part of your last name. My last name's still my last name. I got this. That's like my new middle name. I never yeah. go by that. Yeah. yeah. The got... only time that's gonna really come into play is in TSA, and that's gonna confuse everybody. Right. Yeah. That that would be the part. Ashton I'd worry didn't about. do it. Ashton didn't do Ashton Kutcher Moore. Willis. But nobody does it. Yeah. Guys don't do it, it. except for this done. guy. And I'm wondering if he's breaking ground or or if he's you know douchey. I'm going a little bit of douchey. I'm going to say douchey. Or (laughs) British. I can't tell the difference sometimes. And I should point out, this still qualifies as a trailer when we saw the trailer because someone got bit in the balls. Normally, hitting the balls means it's a movie trailer. Okay. Yeah. They didn't have it. It's required. But bit in the balls, still a trailer. (laughs) All right. So that leads us to... All right, we're halfway through yeah, the show. Yeah, lots of movies Well, halfway over through there. these previews, at least, because it's yeah, a big movie weekend. Lord. Don't sound so excited about it. <laughs> well, let's take a, a brief, uh, well, it's August movies. You oh, know, yeah. they're only about half of them are going to be good. I agree. Um, but there's going to be a lot of them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're not so sure we think it's going to make the money in July against your big movies. And it's not. It's going to be better than the September fall stuff when we start getting the Oscar releases and everything that's mainstream goes to... August. So. What we lack in quality, we make up in quantity. So let's take a uh, a detour from the previews and engage right. in a little. What? 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 What did you see? What did you see this week? Thank you. And I bring up this segment for yes. Lee because Thank you. I didn't see anything. What did you see? I saw something which I'm very excited to say I saw because I get to say this. It wasn't the movie I expected. Oh my god! It never is. It <laughs> never is. That's his. Paul, that is his thing. It's not. It, I only say it when it's true, and it's true a lot. Do you watch the previews ahead of time? No, no. I, well, the previews make so, you think. Yeah, you that's why books have covers. Books have covers so you can See? kind of assume what's going to go on inside the book. So I don't have to read the whole book to determine whether I think I'm going to like it or not. So the preview tells me something. Anyway, District 9. That's what I saw. It wasn't the movie I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and is that good or bad? It do, Me saying it's not the movie I thought it was... Uh-huh. Is never a qualification of good or bad. It's oh. just not what I was expecting. The Neil Blom camp. But you've liked movies and not liked movies with that caveat. Exactly. So what, what, about, what yeah. about this one? This one I liked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wasn't thrilled with it. I wasn't knocked out by it. I don't know if it was Oscar worthy. 
it had a very odd pace and rhythm to it. Then you realize it all takes place in like three days, so you understand kind of the truncated tone and, and nature of how the plot just kind of leaps along. Um, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be this big allegory for you know immigration or segregation or some you know battle of the clash, a clash of the castes in society, which was kind of the backdrop for it. But it, it's about you know the prawn that wants to go home, ET wants to go home, and, and Brundlefly gets turned into an alien. It, that's what yeah. it's about. So the point being is that just because it's not the movie I expected it to be doesn't mean I'm necessarily like it or dislike it. It's just District 9 wasn't exactly what I expected it to be. I didn't think it was as great as everyone thought it was. It was a very unique film. I enjoyed it. And I'm certainly looking forward to District 10. Because it literally ends with, see in three years. I get it's not the determining factor, but you say that about a lot of movies. They trick me every time. Isn't it? I would think that's always a good thing. <laughs> but that's well, a good thing, maybe, I guess. Uh, maybe not. There's a lot of movies out there that are exactly... I'm sure We're the Millers has no big surprises in it. I'm pretty sure that's the movie I expected to be. Yeah, you're probably right. right. Probably. Right? Yeah. Unless, like, it, unless it becomes an allegory for clash of the social <laughs> strata, political, whatever. Number one at the box office. Yeah, because of immigration yeah. thing yeah, in exactly. itself, because of the whole border deal. See, then, then I'll yeah. be surprised. I'm then pretty I'll be sure. Here, I'll be back next week going, hey, wasn't the movie I expected it to be? Yeah. And I really liked District 9 when I saw it in the theater. Yeah. I thought it was really great. In the theater, especially, it's like so like uh, immersive because it's like you're in that world. I thought he was really good at drawing people yeah. into that world. And it was like. <clears throat> I thought the effects were really amazing, like really integrated into the into the world. It wasn't like you were saying about CGI before. It wasn't like, oh, there's this on top of it. It seemed like everything was like all together. I agree with that, but I here's what something I thought about when I was watching the movies is that I think they shot that in a real slum in Johannesburg. Oh, I think so. Oh, that's the most oh, yeah. depressing point of uh, that whole movie. Like, this yeah. place exists. Oh, we need, okay, people, we need to get together. We need to get this shit together. Oh, the, in- the movie's shot in India and Africa. Oh. I can't handle those movies. No, yeah. And I will never go to either of those countries. Yeah. Thank you, Hollywood. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But safaris are beautiful. I don't care. <laughs> Blood Diamond. I'm done. I'm not, thank oh, you, man. but that's not the Travel Bureau's uh, favorite film. Yeah, the Chamber of <laughs> Commerce really doesn't need these movies going out for India and Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So no one else saw a anything Mighty else? Heart? Oh, no, I don't think so. I saw Elysium. Elysium? Yeah, which is a follow-up to District 9, sort of. That's his next movie. It's the same. It's not District 10. No, it's Neil Blomkamp. and. Oh, gosh, what's his name? The other guy who was in the lead. Charles Copley. I will say this. I am going to not assume anything about Elysium. That way, I cannot say it wasn't the movie I didn't expect. There you go. It's probably best... With every movie, now, Paul. Now, <laughs> Elysium now, was yes. good, and it it is a, a a sort of a an allegory about the separation of caste. Knew and it. it's shot in one of the biggest actual landfill dumps in the world in Mexico. It's gigantic. No. People live in it. Yeah, I think so. It's oh. gigantic. If you think the slum is like one thing, this is like a whole nother level. It's oh, like, man. oh my god! Really? I heard that. I heard that on an interview before I went and saw the movie, and then I was watching the movie. I was like, holy crap! Yeah, I hear those things. Right there. I hear there's an island of trash too, oh, somewhere yeah. in the middle of the ocean, just like a huge island, yeah. like an Iceland size. Come island on, of team! Trash. Come on, people! <laughs> Let's all come. We need we to. Move, we should shoot a movie there. You know, I bet you can get that location really cheap. <laughs> Elysium. Trash Island? Trash Island, let's Shot entirely it. on Trash Island. <laughs> Elysium looked to me, Lee Daniels, Trash Island. No. Elysium looked to me like it was another immigration debate a backdrop because, you know, the, the, the people try and get to Elysium from the poorer places like, you know, Mexico and the it, U.S. But also, the healthcare issue is yeah. kind of So he's like got a couple of things. Thing. So next time, next movie he does, we'll have immigration, healthcare, and NSA leaks. Right. Like he's going to keep piling on the themes until he's... I don't know, until his head explodes, or mine does. 
Yeah, it was it was a good one. Jodie Foster's in it as uh, sort of like the the heavy of the film. She's really good. Nice we to see her. Called her the head muckety muck. Yes, yes, she is very much the head yeah, muckety muck. Icy. Yes, she's very icy and a little French. Oh, she, she thought that would make her more evil. He is. She's all got hung these bowling up on her pin calves. <laughs> aren't they? They're like <laughs> Lord steel. In like, I think she does a lot of hiking, or maybe a lot perhaps of hiking. hiking. Yes. That yes. would do it. She strikes me as a hiking kind of gal. All right. So see it. Uh, yeah, if, if you, you like hiking, if, if you like District Nine, I think you're definitely gonna like Elysium. Right. I like District Nine. Uh, well, then yeah. Elysium. I'm gonna go see it. Uh, right. I was going Good. to anyway. I'm I gonna know. see that. I'm gonna see where the Millers. I can't wait to see where the Millers. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, what do we got next up? A slap in the face to all unemployed Americans who will show up to the movie theater looking for work. <laughs> it's jobs. Jobs as oh. Oh, go ahead. Jobs, as the title would lead you to believe, is based on the Republicans' laser-like focus on America's number one concern after the Great Recession of 2008. <laughs> no, I'm not being serious, but then again, neither are they. This film is lucky to have secured its title, because Jobs was the name of another film Mitt Romney produced, all about the work he would have the 1% create when he got into office. Turns out it was in post-production so long he lost the election before it could be released. Then he hoped to release film... Then he hoped to release the film under the title Dude, Where's My Job? starring Ashton Kutcher <laughs> until their lead actor was stolen by this film, too. Jobs tells the never-before-told story of Steve Jobs, unless you count all the stories that have been told about him. I and don't. In the novel, they were, the yeah. biography. Nope. It's one man's dream to turn the personal computing industry on its head, revolutionizing form and function, and almost single-handedly making computers cool. No! <laughs> This biography, for people who don't like to read or overhear things, tells a story of how Steve Jobs combined the computer and the typewriter to create Apple computers, and how he later eliminated the typewriter part to create the iPad. (laughs) Steve Jobs is a college dropout who went on to become a technological revolutionary, setting up a generation of excuses for dumber entrepreneurs. Yes, this movie is as much an inspirational story about one man's quest to follow his dreams as it is a cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. Look, there's nothing wrong with having a passion and following your heart's desire. But just remember, a lot of dudes have walked off a college campus barefoot and ready to change the world, only to end up giving us the Commodore 64 (laughs) instead of an iMac. Soon after leaving school, Jobs received a capital investment that allowed Apple to become one of the most worked-upon computers in Starbucks lobby history. (laughs) Jack Black stunt double Josh Gad plays Steve Wozniak, and Ashton Kutcher, as we mentioned, was cast to play Steve Jobs by the Resemble Casting Agency, the same people that cast Jamie Foxx in Ray and Morgan Freeman in Invictus. Which brings up a question. Was Steve Jobs really that good-looking, or is Ashton Kutcher not as hunky as Demi Moore thought? punk us all and show us he can act spoiler alert he dies in the end <gasps> oh. hey. how dare you give that I away i always said we'd be spoiler free oh man it's news folks news news so you know i saw a thing that was running around facebook today where ashton kutcher had made a speech at some sort of keen teen choice awards did you guys see that and uh no, i did i i find him so much sexier now after hearing that speech because I always thought he was really? kind of this floppy-haired, tall, skinny kind of sa- surfer guy. Steve Jobs or Ashton Kutcher? Oh, Ashton Kutcher. Oh, okay. I don't really Steve know Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs did not give a speech at the kids' choice <laughs> awards. And if he did, way creepy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Ashton Kutcher went up there and I thought, oh, he's going to be Ashton Kutchery. And he went up and one of the things he said was, I just want you kids to know that 
being sexy is right up here. It's in your, it's how smart you are. And it was funny because it's it, in your hair. It's in your hair. It's, it's, in your hair. Hair. it's right here. He was Rub talking. it in, Ashton. <laughs> Rub it in. He was funny because he went up there, the girls are screaming and stuff. And the longer hair. he talked, the more sense he was making. And it was kind of an intelligent, well rounded, focused, thoughtful speech. And the less screaming and the more like, Ugh. Was coming from the audience. They were kind of deflated. But still, he had to fight all that because the kids yeah. are so programmed by the producers to of those scream. shows. They just go, wow. He comes out, wow. He's like, okay. I love you. Wah! And he's like, I'm trying to say some real shit. Right. And then, and there's just the sound of kids like, reconsidering their dreams. What have I been doing? Yeah. He even comes out and he says, I just want you to know that Ashton Kutcher is not really my name. My uh-huh. middle name's Ashton. My name's Chris. And I just Chris used Kutcher. Ashton because that's what they told me to use when I'm acting. But let me tell you about what Chris knows. And he went on and I was like, I love you more and more. Have you seen Chris? I fell in love with him. He said there's a job. He's never been above a job he's had in his life. And he was talking about jobs that he had cleaning the floor. And he had this other job. And he always respected those jobs. And the kids are like, what? He had a job cleaning the floor? Yeah, like a janitor or some shit. But that's when he was Chris. For like an hour? Not when he was Ashton. (laughs) He was like cleaning the floor shirtless. He's like, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Can you do that slower? (laughs) Turn this way. Come on over here. We are starting up a brand called Abercrombie & Fitch. (laughs) You've got our qualifications pretty much nailed down. Yeah, it's just for the cool kids, that line of clothes. Oh, skinny yeah. cool kids. Have you ever yeah. seen his brother? No. Ooh. No. Are you saying he's hot? Jeb no. Kutcher? No. Oh. <laughs> no. It's, it's like twins. It's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger and then everything that's left over. Was the, you know, a little leftover gene. Oh. Oh. No, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's got a lot going for him. But it's... It's, it's a good thing it's, the sexy's all up here. Exactly. Yeah. Up here. He, gave a, he gave a, a speech at the Old Spanish Tavern. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you guys something. This is where sexy is. Anyway. But what's funny is that his brother brings to mind this phenomenon that I think exists where two people can look so much alike and then nothing at all at the same time. Like Tom Cruise and Michael Dukakis, they look a lot alike, but nothing at all. Really alike. But no one would yeah. sleep with Michael Dukakis. Yeah. Like Sybil Shepard and Carl Molden, they're pretty much the spitting okay, image of I don't, think you, I don't think that's true. It, Paul, you have to pull some clips so we can see this. That YouTube, you have to put them next to each Seriously, other. Seriously, do I? Rick Moranis and my buddy Rob look exactly alike, but nothing at and all. Who would know? All right, enough Rob. with your wanky uh, <laughs> theories. But it's true. I have a hard time believing that he's going to be good in this movie, though, because I was watching the trailer and I heard him say, You only get to do so many things that you want in your life. Only get to do. So many. That's like Ashton Kutcher (laughs) just saying those lines, and it made me sort of harken back. If I can't harken, harken back to uh, dangerous liaisons, where a young Keanu Reeves said this famous line, "Oh my lady," which I was like, (laughs) "I was like, what are we doing? Why? (laughs) Why? Time out, time out, Paul. I want you to do it again. Oh my lady." It's, it's the sacred words. It just bleeds through. I'm like, that's Keanu Reeves. How do you stumble into this court? Oh, my lady. Yeah, and he had floppy hair in that. Right? It wasn't so good. He's like the piano teacher or something. Oh, that's and I, horrible. I wonder if Ashton Kutcher could be the same thing. It's like, oh, Ashton Kutcher's hanging out with Steve Wozniak. Once, how'd that happen? How'd that happen? Oh, like a crazy comic, comic book crossover team up. God. Is Steve Jobs sexy, Karen? Not Ashton Kutcher. Steve Jobs. I want, I actually, I want both those answered. Uh, Ashton Kutcher wasn't until I heard that speech. Yeah, okay. And then I don't know much about Steve Jobs, but I do know that Kathy Griffin was hanging out with him at Wozniak. Yes. Yeah. He was adorable. I really enjoyed that. So he wasn't exactly sexy, but it was really funny. He uh, looks cuddly. He was cuddly. And Wozniak he was really looks charming. like a kind of guy you'd... And, and he's one of these guys that this... Now, you guys I've probably... I've said too much. You probably don't know this because you're good-looking, normal guys, but sometimes well, when you're... It. Yes. Sometimes when you're a chick and you're hanging out with that guy that thinks he's a little less than, like, the greatest... 
they pay attention to you differently than good-looking guys do. Do you know what I mean? Like, you guys are just kind of go, uh uh-huh, and great, and go back to your phone. These Wozniak dudes, they hang on what you're saying, and it's very sexy. I'm sorry, were you saying something? Ah! (laughs) So you're saying that women should look look for a guy who thinks that she's out of their league. Kind of, because they pay more attention. Well, right, you should... So guys what? date up, women date down? Sort of. Oh, that's good to know. It I help, like this. It ha- I like you this have philosophy. to have the guy date up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that what I did? Uh, I don't know what we Theory did. Theory works out great the- for you, doesn't it, honey? <laughs> <laughs> just, at, at someone meets like Steve Wozniak, let's just cuddle on this gigantic bed of money. Right? Whatever. <laughs> well, <laughs> look, I hate to be the pessimist. I hate to be the pessimist, what? but when you were talking about Ashton's little speech about how he's a regular guy it's easy to say when there's a limousine waiting to take you to it's your true. helicopter to go to your island and sleep on a pile of money i can say that all yeah, day yeah, hey i had true. a tough like you oh gotta go right i was married to demi Moore. not enough yeah. <laughs> hey before we hit our <laughs> final film uh oh, yes? speaking of jobs karen wanted to ask uh, our guest here paul oh, yeah uh in a career then performance and all that did you ever do a stupid job in acting because we've talked about think, yeah, even on the air about how we were like jobs. dressed up as uncle sam or back in chicago in grant sure. park giving out free coupons for great american bagel yeah. dressed yeah. as um, uncle sam and i don't even know what the hell you were well, but you had I, a tricorn on here's so. the thing i was george washington and he was uncle sam and we were working for the great american bagel company but you look nothing like george washington well there is that but <laughs> the, the best part is that uh if you watch the video i am a five foot six girl who is relatively skinny and the costume fit me and they both fit me. So when Paul put the costume on, <laughs> yeah. it came to the middle of his arm and it went almost up to his calf. Oh, it was so awful. Oh he couldn't God. put it on all the way. It was so funny. You? Uh, I, when I was in high school or college, when I was in high school or college, I did a job for a day or two. They were opening a, a Little Caesars pizzeria, like pizza pizza, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was Mr. Courtesy. And I like wore a tuxedo and just like opened the door for for like the 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 denizens of of little you Caesar. You were the butler for Mister. Pretty Caesar. much. They need that again. Have you seen how they've been into one of those lately? And how, no. how stale they are. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's there's classy. Like, there's like white walls, uh, like a glowing Pepsi cooler, and a and just there's like. The, well, anyone that goes into Little Caesars isn't going signs. to hang around there. They're going to get their two peaches and like huddle back into the shadows where they came from. Like, yeah, pizza. before someone sees them. Yeah, the yeah. bright light is actually <laughs> a deterrent to keep them out of there. Like, they don't have tables. <laughs> it's a counter. There's no place to sit. They don't, they don't sit, want them the to hang out. around. Come in, get your pizza. It's like a drug deal. Five dollars. So no change. Out. Five dollars. No change. Go. So it's kind of like you would dress kind of like a little cockroach and you'd I welcome dre- them. I was dressed honestly in a tuxedo. Wow. Ironically, it was the first tuxedo I ever wore. Of course. Was to be. Mr. Courtesy. Did you get to for borrow this. it for prom? Uh, no, oh. no. It was. It was. I think it was. At I was, prom, did I people go, "Hey, Mr. Courtesy"? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was. I think I was in college at the time. I acknowledge oh. well, We're eating good at the prom today. But, Mr. Courtesy brought some pie. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, that's not what it was. Hmm. Oh, that wow. could have really. <laughs> well, listen to my yearbook. Oh, voted most courteous. Most Mr. courteous. Courtesy. How lovely. Yeah. You do seem very courteous and very uh, thoughtful. Oh, thank so you. So I could see the typecasting there. Thank you. Wow, mm-hmm. look at that. There, there sure. you go. Oh, my lady. <laughs> <laughs> Our final film, a high-tech thriller with some big names, is Paranoia. Mm. And even though we have a cricket going crazy in here, because <laughs> I can't, who can deny that there's a giant cricket making a crazy noise during this show? <laughs> it's time we just brought it up, right? I'm waiting for a plane to fly over and drown out the cricket. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Any dogs out there want to start barking? Oh, my God. Lord Somebody God. turn on the air conditioner. That's Damn you, Burbank, Burbank, Burbank. <laughs> uh, this film... Film is a high-tech thriller with some big names called Paranoia. 
and it looks to be jobs as if it were written by Zack Snyder. Lee? In paranoia, two cell phone companies are spying on each other, yet somehow it's not a documentary about Apple and Samsung. Paranoia is the poorly named thriller about life in the technology fast lane, but maybe that's because the more obvious titles, Microchip Off the Old Block and E-Blackmail, <laughs> were already taken by upcoming Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> oh, I want to see those. Well, let's see what this movie's about. According to IMDb, an entry-level employee at a powerful corporation finds himself occupying a corner office, but at a dangerous price. He must spy on his boss's old mentor to secure for him a multi-billion dollar advantage. Mm. Lesson learned, never ask for the corner office. Well, there you go. Thor's brother, not Loki, oh. is the lead. That would be Liam Hemsworth, America's second favorite Hemsworth and second favorite Liam. He stars as Adam Cassidy, a young tech genius sent to work for the competition by tech giant Nicholas Wyatt, played by Gary Oldman, who it turns out does a really good British accent. Oh, who knew? Hairless Harrison Ford plays the head, no pun intended, of a rival tech company, Jock Goddard, marking the first time Harrison Ford has played a jock, even though he's played a jack four times. <laughs> Paul... I you don't, it's not the cricket, it's something no, there's else. there's beeping, there's okay. beeping. I don't know what that is. The company takes Adam in, and based on the hip-hop music in the trailer, he's either getting rich or taking a pill that makes him a genius. Let's play a segment of that trailer. Morning. We're reinventing you. Let it go, go, breathe a little, just let it If you want to be accepted, you have to look the part. Stop. Oh, he's definitely getting richer. Oh, and getting better suits yeah. in that clip. More handsomer. Mm. And it all goes according to plan. Jock reveals to Adam an incredible proprietary advancement in technology, a computer chip that has the capability of making plots like this one coherent. <laughs> but if hip-hop means you're getting rich in a trailer, then dubstep means you're fucked. Oh. You stood on our shoulders! And now I'm standing on your neck. He's in trouble. That's what it means. And fucked he is, as Wyatt won't let Adam off so easily, threatening to... Kill his father, played by Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah, they're all gonna die. <laughs> and if that isn't enough to make you paranoid, see, because we're trying, mm. the FBI threatens to send him to jail, so Goddard sends hitmen to kill him, leaving him with only one option using his knowledge of computer technology to take them all down. It's the sort of fantasy your IT guy lives during those brief moments where his phone goes to voicemail, even though you know he's at his desk. <laughs> I knew he was there. This is the high-stakes game of industrial espionage played on a scale of descending hunkiness from Chris, from Hemsworth down to Josh Holloway to Harrison Ford and then bottoming out with Gary Oldman. This marks a reunion of Ford and Oldman who starred in Air Force One and they still don't like each other. All right, that beep I heard, Lee. Okay. That was <laughs> I have a feeling our phone is being I... tapped, but that's just the NSA. Uh, Damn you, Snowden. Thing. Gee, what are the odds that the girl he sleeps with early on in the film comes back later as the daughter of the guy he's spying on? It's a movie, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody is out to get you. It's Relativity Media's marketing department. Watch Paranoia. <laughs> oh, that was creepy. That was creepy. Rough to get through. It's rough to get through that that preview. That was rough. Is it gonna be that rough to get through the movie? Rougher, I have a feeling. You know, once upon a time, I was like, Harrison Ford movie, Harrison Ford movie, Harrison Ford movie. And, you know, he doesn't take on as many leads in as many awesome movies as he used to, so you can't do that anymore. But I kind of like his transitioning into uh, 
supporting guy like Bill Murray and uh, Michael Douglas to a point. So I'm, I'm hoping for good things from this. I don't know what to expect, though. I think what he's discovered uh, in his later career is that he can do half as much work as an actor but still be paid like Harrison Ford. Yeah. So I think, mm-hmm. that, I think that's the strategy. That's a good discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not going to retire. No. He's, he's 15 years over the, the time when he could have first done it anyway. Yeah. Actors don't retire. Why? Because their job is the best job ever. Yeah. Yeah, Gina. this is another one of those movies where they just... They, they take a guy who clearly is way too handsome, way too smart, and way too unrealistic for whatever setting he's in, and we're going to make him into somebody new. You mean you're going to comb his hair? Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is something I brought up a while ago. Uh, whenever we see a movie about somebody going into um, rehab, I'm always really jealous because I really want to just go and concentrate on myself for a month and not work and have people cook for me and give me healthy food and talk about myself with others. All day. That's what I want to do. And I got to tell you, I also want, I don't I don't listen to hip-hop normally, but I want that day to happen where I wake up and there's hip-hop and there's a woman there that looks like Jodie Foster and she's like, we are reinventing you. I'd yeah. be like, yes, you go. Reinvent the Finally. shit out of me. Finally, for the love of God. I need a team where of people. Been? Where have you been? I've been Working waiting. for and with me and on yes. team. I need a team lead. I need lead. the hip-hop and I need the lesbian. I need it all to happen to me. Even if it sends you down a uh, you know, downward spiral of technological uh, quadruple crossery. Okay, yeah, I do because then I'm going to go into rehab and it's all going to be perfect again. And we're all going there anyway. Right? <laughs> and in rehab, you get to relax and do it. You just don't want to do anything. There you go, mission accomplished. Nice work. You don't even want to do the work of getting addicted to a drug that will then put you in rehab. I have to make sure I don't bother to get addicted to the wrong drugs. Tell me the right one to begin with so I don't waste time. Fame. That's the right drug. This movie reminds me of Duplicity. You ever see Duplicity? With yes. Julia Roberts and Clive Owen? It wasn't I was thinking the movie Multiplicity I for a second. Yes, Duplicity. Oh, I'm with you. Keaton. Go on. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Multiplicity. That's a real... That doesn't <laughs> wrong. It's nothing I'm like with you. That. I got you. Duplicity. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, Multiplicity. The one with the big horns in it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Paul Giamatti and Tom Wilkinson play the heads of competing companies, and they have yeah. all these corporate secrets oh. that Julia Roberts and Clive Owen get in the middle of. I think you'd like it, honey. A I lot like of names. Julia She's Roberts. taking out her phone. I cannot make names. it through duplicity. No? Really? No. That's I Tony tried Gilroy, to man. I know. That's why great. I watched it. I heard a great interview yeah. with him, and he lied through the whole thing, because he made it sound really interesting. And I just didn't <laughs> get through it. That's what I'm talking about. It's not the movie you expected. It was not. You expected I expected it? an interesting movie, and that's not what I... <laughs> I liked it. I don't. I you, know, it... you know what? It reminds me of Enemy of the State. Which I've never seen. What? That guy. Stop the show. It came out at a time when I was meh on Will Smith, even though I love Gene Hackman and everything yeah, he's ever he's done. Yeah, he's good. So I never went out to see it. I was kind of meh on Tony Scott, too. What? But, well, you know, what? not every movie was great. Tony Scott. I know, Rest but that's peace. a pretty good movie. You never know if you're going to go in and get deja vu. <laughs> you know, and then you, you miss Spy Game if you don't go see that. Spy Game's oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it was it was uh, duplicity. I thought was a little gem. Maybe you'd like it, honey. I, I, don't mm. I put it on my list. I'll, I'll report back. I keep calling you honey on the show. Does Thank that offend you. you guys? Should I call you guys call honey or love or anything? And lover. <laughs> it, it, we're taking the opportunity to choose. I would like toots, <laughs> All right, toots. or sweets. <laughs> All right, me, little lamb, sugar, little lamb, All right, little lamb, lamb. lamb. All right, well, this is uh, a jam-packed weekend of movies. Yeah. We've previewed them all. Thank God. So previewed the crap out of them. You're welcome, moviegoers. You decide from here what you want to go and see, but we will come back. We will have our annual look at the roving monster of the deep as the Movie mm. Guys channel preve- presents... Prevents. <laughs> 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 trying to prevent sharks. We present Shark Movie Week with Ooh. special guest Daniel Travis right after this. Woo-hoo. Uh, my hat is like a shark. Yeah. Yeah. 
Name that tune. Um, <laughs> I can't possibly. Theme to Jaws. LL Cool J. Yeah. From the closing credits of Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Well, that's yes. why we couldn't recognize it. Yeah, Nobody exactly. <laughs> and that uh, must mean that it is time once again for the annual celebration of that thousand-tooth-killing machine, the shark. It's Shark Movie Week. Shark Week. We've got seven days of shark-infested movies coming your way, documentaries, original programming, specials, and more. You've picked the right time to tune into the Movie Guys channel. And joining us is our special guest, the star of the popular shark film Open Water, an actor who has also appeared in Thank You for Smoking, and a plethora, a plethora, of television shows. Daniel Travis, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he looks a lot like, for those of you viewing at home or those on iTunes, go to this right away. Very cute. He looks a lot like Kiefer Sutherland. Yummy. A good-looking version thanks. of Keith. Yes. Absolutely. Keith I guess that's no Kevin Bacon a lot. Oh, and Kevin Bacon. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I can totally see that. A good-looking version of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me hit you with what we ask every guest on here. What's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, I think more because of the time that I, or the age I was, but it's got to be Star Wars. Yeah. That's a good one. It just yeah. has to be. Yeah, not to date ourselves, but that was one of the first big movies I saw in the theater. My dad's like, let's go see this thing that's supposed to be fun. And it was like, transformative. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, it was like the greatest thing ever. You can't possibly pick a, your favorite movie without knowing where you were or what it was, how it moved your life at that time kind mm-hmm. of thing. I think that sort of has to be relevant. Now, how is it that you determine it's your favorite movie? I would like everyone to explain that. Because you guys were, I watched this and you guys were asking the question, and I had to come <laughs> up with, I had to sit here and literally think about no, it. No, what for I a mean to say is like so panic, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> panic, panic and fear, <laughs> and I know I'm going to get asked this question. Now, is it, so. is it is it the movie you think it's the best movie or just your favorite? Because oh, well, mine is like my favorite. Okay. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite film of all time. Is the best movie of all time? I can make a case, but okay. you can make a case for so many. Raiders other is in my top five, definitely. Oh yeah. I mean, No Country for Old Men is my oh. adult favorite movie of all time. See, and you can make it the case that that is a perfect movie. Absolutely. But that's also based on where you were and what, where you are in yeah. your life at that point. Yeah, I'm so yeah because a 10-year-old. Uh, I was going to say, at 11, old, No Country for Old Men is going to be kind of... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, but when I was... Uh, uh, Don't give it away. 18, watching <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> I think it's like when you're sick and you're in bed and you want to put on a movie, like what movie do you reach for? Yes. Like that movie that gives few you good men. comfort. See, that that's the argument yeah. I'm a getting at. A few good men is the best. If you the if you movie. want to fall asleep, a few good men uh, okay, puts not, me to sleep yeah, every yeah. time. You're getting into some no, dangerous waters. I think, it's a, I think it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I've seen it a million times, and whenever it's on TV, it's like a tractor beam, and it pulls me in. I'm like, flick, flick, flick. There goes the rest of the day. This is, this is what but, happens to me with that movie. It is on TV, and it is on the shelf on a DVD behind me. <laughs> but I will watch it on TV over the course of four hours and 27 commercials, or I could just put it in. No, no I'm going to watch it on At a more convenient you're time. In you're yeah. in it. You feel, yeah, that's you right, feel right. like you're you involved in. with a whole yep. bunch of other people watching it at yep. the same time. It's a communal experience. But the reason I brought it up is that that's not, I think it's probably one of the best movies out there, but it might not be the best movie. But it's a movie I can watch no matter what. I can watch that movie at any, I can come into the middle of it, I can come into the beginning of it, I can watch bits and pieces, the whole thing. There are better movies that are more of a, an emotional investment for me that I can't watch. I can't watch them again. They're too, they're better than Few Good Men, but I just can't see them again. I'm so that's way. what I was wondering. I am that way with Platoon. There you I, go. I cannot. Yeah, that was an experience I had. I <laughs> I needed. You know, it took me a couple of days to come off the wall from that movie. And yeah, yeah. I've worked at a movie theater when that was in the theaters. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and I just kept going in to watch it. I loved it. I kept, you know, I, uh, no, I don't get me wrong. I, I love that movie. Stand, go in and peek and watch my favorite scenes. Dark, you know, crazy movie. But man, that was just so great to watch. It's a great movie. I just can't. 
go there that often. Yeah, one of my favorite films of all time, Requiem for a Dream. Not recommended viewing <gasps> no. for more than once every couple of years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect exactly. example. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, one movie to watch, not a uh, segue, not, uh, one movie to watch not right before you go to sleep is the one I mentioned Daniel was the star in. And th- this is almost like an anniversary of sorts because it was 10 years ago yes. you shot Open Water. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> over the course of two or years or so. Yeah, yeah. Or, two, th- or three. Was continuity it, it, a problem with that? Sorry? Was continuity oh, wait, a problem let me, with Let me explain continuity real quick. Continuity was uh, ridiculous for that movie. It was hysterical. <laughs> <Water. laughs> yeah. Let me explain what it was about for anyone who hasn't seen it. You should. Uh, Open Water <laughs> is a story of a couple of people who are stranded in a scuba expedition. The boat disappears when they come up out of the water, and they're just kind of stuck there, and you, you're with them the whole movie. And uh, so... If you've seen it, then you've seen Daniel because it's it's him and Blanchard. Is that her yeah. name, right? Yeah. Uh, who are the two leads in the film? So um, that there's there's sharks in the movie that I thought for sure were computer generated, but I'm told they're not. You are correct; they were not. And why? Th- but you're swimming right <laughs> above them. No, with them. Uh, and actually, yeah, alongside them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was actually where all the money for the budget went. I mean, we were eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches, but they spent the most money getting the sharks. Because sharks hate the taste of peanut butter. Those sharks actually had been in more movies than I have. They, the, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait. Back I'm up. not kidding. This uh, this group of sharks, this pod, or uh, I think pod is correct. Uh, they shark pack. Shark pack. Exactly. <laughs> is that true, Ball? <laughs> uh, gaggle. Right, I'm here to a learn. Gaggle, a, a murder of sharks. <laughs> yeah. like, no, exactly. I mean like the like the old time Rat Pack. These sharks would hang out together, uh, go to clubs, yeah. together, pick up chicks. Yeah. <laughs> They drink and tell jokes. Right. My head is like a He's a real killer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they, uh, these guys were, the, the company that we worked with um, used this same group of sharks for a lot of other films. And uh, they had just done the uh, Charlie's Angels movie was there, down there doing a, a underwater sequence, a couple of Bond movies. And yeah, these are very well-trained sharks, but they're wild. Um, so we literally pulled the boat up the first day to shoot. And um, the minute the boat engine stopped, the blue water just kind of got gray. And they just sort of bubbled up. And it was one, then it was two, then it was 20, then it was 40. And, uh, you know, my co-star Blanchard was... At the initially, you know, she was all gung ho. And are you, you sure know. you didn't get some locals drifting yeah, in? Exactly. <laughs> well, and then there's some strays that aren't. Yeah, they're, they're, they're non-union sharks. Hey, to crash there's the Mitch. Set. What's Mitch doing? <laughs> I haven't seen Mitch in years. I'm gonna swim on over. Exactly. Uh, get their sad cards. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they won't notice. Uh, and uh, she was all gung ho. We got there, and the minute this sort of bubble up sort of happened, because they're used to being fed, and they can hear the boat motor. So as soon as the boat motor stops, they know they're going to get some food, and uh, like extras. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's very similar. Like Blanche. Exactly. We're just basically here for the crafty. I think that's them. Exactly. Oh, lunch. Look. Yeah, uh, and she just looked at me and said, "I can't do this. I can't oh do my this." God. And you know, at that point, we're you know. 18 miles offshore on a boat, and I'm like, tough shit, you're going to do it. (laughs) There's no options at this point. And um, we gently worked our way into it. But actually, it got got to a point where we we had too many sharks to shoot. And by that, you mean... One. <laughs> one is too many. <laughs> one is too many. <laughs> we wanted just one in a bunch of the shots, and we got 20, so we would have to wait until they dissipated a little bit. And But I actually, I'm, I'm, you know, people think I'm crazy for saying that. I actually really enjoyed it. I liked being able to swim with them. I would wander off in between takes and go down and dive with them a little bit and then come back up. And what kind of shark were they? They were uh, 
uh, gray reef sharks. Um, oh, we, the pussy sharks. Actually, oh, they, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, garter snakes of yeah, sharks. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> be honest. Uh, exactly, exactly. They had all their teeth removed, right? They were all gumming. Yeah, all yeah. gummed. Yeah. Uh, and that was, but there were some bull sharks as well, and they are very aggressive. And uh, a couple of other – we actually saw a couple of hammerheads that didn't – they weren't part of the shoot. But while we were on the dives for the shoot, they, we, we actually saw some of the hammerheads as well. So I had no idea you could wrangle sharks. The, it, there are companies. You can go do – you could personally go down right now and go play around with them. Totally. Wait, where was this? Did you say? I'm sorry. Uh, that part, we, we shot the shark footage in one location in the Bahamas. And actually, those guys are, they work on Shark Week all the time. They, they made quite a career out of... Wait a minute. Are you saying Shark Week hires actor sharks? <laughs> it's possible. It well, reality television. So let me ask you, though, did you ever have any um, consideration to just doing it in a pool? Yeah, uh, No. We didn't. And so 18 miles offshore is what had to be done. And then trying to match water. Yeah, try to match water. I was being a smartass. Is that hard uh, to it, match water? It's ridiculous. Is it? Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought just water is fucking water. <laughs> no, you got sky, you have water color, you have uh, wind direction, you have sun sun angle. It was so f- it was crazy to think that you're shooting in the sort of this water desert and it was the most difficult. Uh, they'd have to turn the boat this way to get this angle. Wow. Or the wind's too high here. Um, we had a lot of currents to deal with, so we went from trying to tie ourselves to the back of the boat to trying to just kick in place and, uh, you know, end up... Oops. <laughs> <laughs> We're flailing. We're a lot closer to that wall than I it looks. <laughs> it's such a huge set on camera. <laughs> it's like the price is right. It's pretty much somebody's basement. Yeah. <laughs> So for ten, for being shot, well, it made its first festival debut ten years ago. Yeah. So, um, but I, I like to think of it as the first digital movie, digitally shot movie. Although Session Nine, I think, was one of the was shot before that, or and, uh, and Blair Witch, Blair Witch, and um, the actually Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, technically shot digital, technically. you know, but like a budget just is outrageous. <laughs> I like that Open Water was shot in cameras. I personally have held. Yeah. You know, I've never gone out and got a Panavision camera for, you know, like they use on the color purple, you know, but it's, uh, but those cameras that I was running around Hollywood and shoot with, Absolutely. you guys shot that film with. And, and, that w- and thank God, because there was, if you're going to do a low budget, you know, lowish budget right. movie with like open water, you can't have big, a lot of equipment, right? And that was, bar- that was a big part of it for them is that, uh, uh, Chris Kentis and Laura Lau, the filmmakers, wanted to make sure that, uh, it looked as if it was almost a home movie. So they did that intentionally. And in fact, Chris helped uh, develop the underwater housing with Ike Light to make sure that they could do the dive sequences with the same cameras. Um, and it was, gr- it was great. Yeah, that, that is a film experience that I, would, I, I've spent the re- I will probably spend the rest of my career trying to get back to. Uh, How is it that you got involved with it? How did they? It was it was really kind of odd. I was actually uh, on vacation with my family, and another, uh, another actress called me uh, and said, I'm up for this film, and uh, they're having trouble finding the guy, and uh, you should send <laughs> There's your, guys you, all over Hollywood. <laughs> you should send your stuff to this, to this person. And I said, I'm on vacation. I'm in Michigan. And uh, she... Um, exotic Michigan. <laughs> yeah, exotic I Michigan. I can't possibly get back to no, Hollywood. No, <laughs> this was, you know, before you could sort of put yourself on tape and just send oh, it yeah, off. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I called him and said, I'm... I'm on a family vacation, and he said, I'll wait. And we went back, and uh, I, it was a series of auditions. I had no idea what the movie was about. They intentionally kept that a secret. And uh, we did a series of improvs 
and it happened. You know, Blanchard and I were actually friends before, and it wasn't her. She was uh, also auditioning. This, this was another woman entirely who actually asked me to come in and do the audition, and Blanchard ended up getting the job, and she didn't. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, it, we just did a series of improv auditions, and after the third audition, uh, you know, sitting with the camera doing fake scenarios, they finally said, okay, listen, we're going to probably deal with sharks. There's going to be a little bit of nudity, and uh, what do you think? And I was much more concerned about being naked than I was about <laughs> <laughs> the swimming Wait a minute. When did they finally say, hey, do you feel okay with swimming? Because I can't swim. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. You that had... would freak the shit out of me. Because every time I see a movie and I see swimming, I go, well, I couldn't play that part. Well, I would want to be nude around the sharks. That's where... <laughs> exactly. You draw a specific That's line. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> one, one and then the other, Maybe. But what was your character's occupation? Because I, I forget. Did, was, did that ever come up? It didn't come up. It, I mean, we, we built backstory for ourselves. but Because uh, that'd be a crazy improvisation. All right, you're, you're a real estate broker, and you're showing her a house. Go. Well, it and was, it has nothing, nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. Okay, it's great. You're hired for this movie about sharks. They would do these <laughs> scenarios like, okay, you guys are a couple, and you're on a camping trip, and you're lost. Uh. And so then we'd go for you know, 20, 30 minutes and do things like that. Um, all right, you but, be the guy, you be the girl, shark, you be the shark. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And wait, the shark wait, had what? no problem being nude. He was <laughs> nude all the time. Yeah. Shark could take a lot of improv classes. He was really hilarious. <laughs> exactly. So but exactly. Wasn't it based on a true story? Yeah, it's it's actually based uh, on a series of a, this is there was not one isolated ah. incident, but there was there was a couple in Australia that was uh, sort of the most. Uh, infamous or famous couple that uh, had this Infamous experience. means more than famous. More than famous. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I'll use that next time. Uh, but they they took bits and pieces, and it was much more a focus on, uh, the intent was to be much more focused on the scenario. And because it was so easily identifiable for anybody to say, you know, you go on a vacation, do one of those dives, and you come back up and the boat's gone. Wow. What do you do? Which ble- which leads me bleeds me yeah he, which leads me to open water two they made this have you seen they that? did make it uh, did I, your phone ring uh, <laughs> oddly no uh, no I uh, it, Re- no really they didn't ask you to be in open water two if, if you've seen open water one you'd know why open water one <laughs> here's, oh, yeah. here's the plot here's the plot I did see open water one stupid all right, Amy. No spoiler. Her husband. Here's the deal. Amy, her husband James, and their hilarious. baby Sarah travel to Mexico to sail in the yacht of their reckless friend Dan with their common friends Zach and Lauren, and celebrate the 30th birthday of Zach. They're introduced to Dan's girlfriend Michelle, and they drink and recall moments of their past while navigating. Miles away from shore, Michelle suggests they stop the yacht and swim in the water. Amy stays in the boat since she has a childhood drama with ocean, and and Dan stays with her. Later, they're irresponsible. Dan pushes Amy overboard, falling in a prank with her. There's too much going on. Yeah. Yeah. McSteamy was in that. <laughs> oh, who's that guy? Er- Eric Dane. Eric Dane. Mc- yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, um, it was an- that was an actual, uh, another real scenario that actually happened. Oh, yeah? Um, but, wow. you know, Lionsgate bought the rights after Open Water 1 and decided to do whatever they wanted to do. Wait, and they just made the everything Paul just said same. happened? <laughs> yeah. No, that yeah. Was- wow. Yeah. I love it. He said they just made the poster look the same. <laughs> they That's literally, what you need. It, it was. They used the same typeface and shark yeah. things. <laughs> exactly. Good to go. So you know how to scuba dive? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, and actually, that uh, they did ask us that, yeah. and I we got recertified in order to shoot the film. Uh, just so they, they, I guess, for insurance purposes, they had to make sure we knew what we were doing. It's amazing. 
Do you uh, think- but I actually got hooked on scuba diving as a result of it. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. Now I heard there's there could be an open water three if. Uh, now that one they're bringing you back. <laughs> it's a dream sequence. You can come exactly. back for that one. Can't believe open I said water three, the open water three. And and work with Ghost Shark. Ghost Shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this would be on stage. Yes, uh, actually. Uh, Something my, we were talking about. My, kid, my girlfriend is desperate to make Open Water the musical. <laughs> oh, my God. I totally want to audition for that. I may not be able to swim, but I can sing like crazy. Well, you're, this is your sweet spot. <laughs> this is what I do. No the, swimming on stage. No yeah. swimming, but singing. All yeah, right. it'll I'm be there. perfect. Yeah, she, uh, she's been teasing me for, uh, for quite a while. And actually, when I told her I was going to come on and do the show, she said, i got to get the score finished. See? <laughs> well, you know there is Silence of the Lambs musical. Yeah. Yes, so there is. There absolutely should be Open Water, the musical. I think it's a great idea. The pen, Jets pending, are going to get pending. the shark. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. All of the sharks could have this great dance and song and dance number. It's a brilliant idea. Brilliant. Funny. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I think we, we can all probably expect that soon. Based on what I've seen on Broadway, why not? Open water. <laughs> what the, I mean, what the hell? I know the shark's We agent. had Shrek. We had... What's I, know, I know the shark's agent. I'll give him a call give and see if, can, see if they, those sharks. they've got a really high quote. Yeah. <laughs> Sharky, who originated the role of shark. Sharky. <laughs> Uh, here's an interesting fact. Karen oh, yeah. Googled you. I did. Oh, yeah. Do you have the picture? You ever Google yourself? Uh, I, I, oh, I have not. My, uh, my girlfriend has Googled me. and uh, Wait a minute, wait a minute. Everyone's Googled themselves. I didn't. Because I, I, I usually, if I have to do stuff for work, I look at I, on IMDb and... She, she came up with some photos that I didn't even know were out there. Wait a minute, really interesting. We Googled you. I just put your name in, and I did it as a Google image, so I went right to just images. And the first three chunks of images are chunks. of you. <laughs> you know, there's rows, so there's like 21 <laughs> pictures of you. Well, shark then, speak. Chunks. If you go a little <laughs> check, you get a little further. It becomes very strange very quickly, and they're not pictures of you. They're pictures of convicts and people that are all awesome. And they're all those shots it's you get mug taken. Shots. Mug shots. I don't know what's going on down in the south, but men named Daniel and Travis, Travis. have yep. gotten into I will, some It's a big southern shit. name, and oh I, I will God. tell you that I'm, I, I'm a, a direct descendant of William Barrett Travis, the commander of the Alamo, and that was, and there's Travis Air Force Base, okay. and that's a big, yeah. So yeah, me and the convicts. That picture's very on cool. there if you could. Click on it. No, yeah, we'll, we'll show, we'll show right, that picture. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll go Google myself just tonight. Google You're in the middle, and there's just tons of like, Now, that just sounds dirty. Like, <laughs> but but you got to consider this an honor, though, right? Because if you're going to be, there's going to be two people you're going to watch for, you know, over an hour, right. let alone, you know, like an hour and a half. I mean, what's the last time we did that? Will Smith and I Am Legend. You're watching him most Tom of the movie. Hanks. And the Cast Away. Cast Away. Yeah, so it's kind of an honor. So dude. when you get a script that you are literally on every page, you're like, oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah, I'll be doing this. You don't say no to that. <laughs> it yeah. was, they, there wasn't a full script when we, when we said yes. They didn't, we helped them figure that out. So that was, but I, you know, I knew that it was going to be mostly just the two of us. So that was a lot of fun. That's why I was saying as, a, as part of a filmmaking experience to be able to be involved in that all of that part of the process, all the way through, I watched all the post. Uh, I watched him do all the foley stuff, and I, I, it was an experience that I will never be able to replicate. It was great. What we were talking about before, you were sitting here listening to a lot of our show. I was. We talked about stupid jobs people have had uh, as an actor. Oh, so, I tried to think about that one too. Yeah, have you ever had anything like that? I didn't have a stupid actor job. I've had a lot of stupid jobs, but I didn't. Uh, I, I worked at a Bennigan's for about two weeks. <laughs> And it was back in the days when they had the 30 minutes or less or it's free kind of oh thing. At my God. At Bennigan's? Uh, no, was, uh, yeah, yeah. And the restaurant. They literally, yeah, they literally had stopwatches no at the way. table. I mean, who sits at a table for 30 minutes waiting for their meal anyway? 
That's no, kind of it like had to be. It had to be. You had to be in, out, done. Oh, and like, and so say. literally, you take the order, set the stopwatch, and put it down. And I only lasted about a week and a half. Oh, there. I would have had a heart attack. I couldn't do that. Well, because oh people God. kept messing with the stopwatches, so right. <laughs> you come back and be like, "Wait a minute, I have five seconds left." <laughs> change their order or they have a problem with something you know, so what would, would do that to get it free yeah. what would happen if yeah if you had a table that just isn't budging they're like on their third lemonade and you're like look buddy no they had it was on me to make sure it was out there or, or the food was it, uh, everything had to be done and to them within 30 minutes okay so that's what i'm saying is it, it that's a long time to wait for your food i don't know 30 minutes if you go to a restaurant maybe like during the lunch rush you notice okay. how there aren't any Bennigans anymore. <laughs> did you, feel. Did it you killed have to it. wear so much um, uh, I, flare? Flare, flare. flare. Yeah. It's flare, and yes, you have to work your way into the flare. Like oh. you, it starts. It's like a you know, it's like the military. You start as a private, and then you get more flare. You only were there two weeks, so you had like I had what? Very little Pasties, flare. That's all exactly. You had. <laughs> <laughs> I had my, my one courtesy button, and that was it. <laughs> Do you get? Do you do a lot with Shark Week? Do people ask you in the past? I actually got to host Shark Week, uh, cool. I, uh, right around that time, um, which was a blast. That was they a were lot doing of Shark fun. Week. Uh, I don't know how long they Shark were doing Shark Week when on. I was in college. Because wow. every August, I remember honkering down for the week. I got to host Shark Week when Shark Week was cool. Thank you. There you go. Before it jumped the shark. Before it, before, it, before, exactly. it, before it jumped itself. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, now it's uh, time for Shark Movie Week's Ooh. annual countdown. Of the top ten best shark movies of all time. There you go. Uh, I didn't have time to pre-record a theme for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's not so, this bit. So let's do it. I got it right here. Top ten shark movies of all time. Uh, number two, Open Water. Number one, Jaws. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you're done, right? I will take that. Repeat, <laughs> repeat, repeat. Name Until me another 10. shark movie that should be on this list. That should be. That's it. Open Water and Jaws. Those are the only two. I mean, Jaws ones. 2 might be number three on the list. Uh, and then they got dumb, right? The four and three and four were dumb. Jaws 3D. What was, the, what was um, LL Cool J's one? <laughs> that was Deep Blue <laughs> Yeah. And then what was the one with the boobies of... That was the program. every other one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was that was, that was, was open water. It was three D. That doesn't count. That Shark Night three D. Shark oh. Night. Yeah. Shark oh, Night three yes. D. Oh, that's right. Yes. Which uh, none of us saw. Right. None no, of us saw that, did we? We didn't see that. You know, I'm going to come back next year, and it's going to and Sharknado is going to be on that list. Yeah. Not to uh, not not to blow smoke, but open water really blow, blow away blow away <laughs> open water really is the only other shark movie you could have made after jaws because after jaws you can't do that you can't go up you have to go down <laughs> <laughs> no but you can't do that traditional predator kind of on the hunt shark you absolutely have to have a different take on it and this is the only other take i think you can come up with yeah you have to go into their world instead of them coming into our world yeah. into the beach we have to kind of go there. i mean you can do it <laughs> what? I mean, what and then you get red water sand sharks raging sharks shark swamp shark snow shark wow which has me curious yes you know the the river's frozen but the ocean freezes i, mean, I don't know what happens in that bait <gasps> uh super shark creature shark zone yeah, and then they had to get weird because they ran out and they went then they shark, got weird. shark to puss. <laughs> and then it got, and then it got exactly. weird. Shark to puss versus uh, what, mega shark versus giant octopus versus crocosaurus and all this type of stuff. So. Crocosaurus? Yeah, you couldn't do the general chills anymore. You had to go for, now they go for uh, super 
cheesy camp. In fact, uh, we oh, yes. are going to feature those films because, I, I mean, it's hard to believe Sharknado wasn't Discovery Channel. It was, in fact, Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. But it has launched a number of low-rent science fiction freak of nature movies, and we'll be airing them all week here on Shark Movie uh, Week. So uh, we got some press on the whole thing, too. You guys have your Hollywood Reporters? I got my most right. recent edition. Go ahead and grab the magazine. Else? Exactly. <laughs> We're going to go through these films so our viewers at home don't miss a minute of the exciting action. We're going to tell you what's playing here uh, <clears throat> all week on Shark Movie Week. Let's see. Next Monday at 8. Uh, don't yes. miss Laserfish versus Shrimpedodon. <laughs> Featuring Tracy Gold and, and Who's the Boss's Danny Pintaro. <laughs> Pintaro not quite carving out a Gordon Levitt-esque career. <laughs> and also this Friday at 10 p.m. we present Ninja Shark versus Mega Beaver. Ooh. <laughs> it's probably that. good that it starts so late. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be watching that one. Uh, it looks like this Saturday at 7.30, Daniel Baldwin and Nikki Cox... In Sharktopus versus Porcubear. Skunktopus. <laughs> Skunktopus. Very different. Oh, yeah. Sharktopus is different than Skunktopus. Yeah, it makes much more sense. <laughs> Unrealistic the other way. Do you want to start that one over? Skunktopus. <laughs> Porcubear. Uh, this Sunday at 6, Robo Hornet Ooh. versus Tyrannosaurus Eel. Of course. Featuring Steve Gutenberg and Paris Hilton. Oh, oh yeah. I love Steve Gutenberg. Now, does that mean, is she the Tyrannosaurus Eel then? <laughs> Let's just yes, say she's yes. tall and skinny like that. Uh, next Tuesday at 9, don't miss Piranachula. How do you say that, honey? <laughs> Parantula. <laughs> Parantula, certainly, of course. Parantula versus Death Skeeto. Ooh, the Death Skeeto. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, Shark Movie Week peaks next Wednesday with Electro Viper versus Hippopotamus Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring three times fast. Featuring Rob Schneider and Megan Fox. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, oh, Megan. Next, uh, next Sunday at 8, gather the family around the TV for Zombie Shark versus Troglafrog. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring Tommy Wiseau. Oh, that makes sense. Tommy, I think he's exactly. in the lead. I think he plays Trogla so. Flog. Uh, this Saturday at five, Octomom versus Jerry Springer. Well, that just <laughs> that's actually, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. That just that just makes sense. That's yeah, not yeah. even funny. Uh, ooh, next Tuesday there's a very special time, 11 a.m. So gather the kids for Octocock versus Mega Jugs. <laughs> Uh, cast yet to be determined. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, next Tuesday at 7.30, Notting Hill. Oh, Ooh, well, that's whoa. lovely. Isn't that lovely? That's the scariest of them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's uh, that's what's coming up you know on uh, Shark Movie Week. For weeks after Notting Hill, I couldn't go into the water. <laughs> that, that'll do it to you. <laughs> all right, so special thanks to Daniel Travis for coming on uh, for our... Shark Movie Week. Well, we have to pack that up for another year. What a shame. We won't see Shark Movie Week again for another year. But um, good to have you here. And uh, we'll be right back with Karen's big segment. Yes, this is look. where we talk about the birthdays of sharks. So. <laughs> and other folks who were having birthdays this week. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back here to the final segment of the show as we turn things over to Karen for her weekly look at the birthdays of those who make the movie. Oh my God, please stop it. It won't stop. You can't stop LL Cool J. You can only hope to contain him. 
be great if I said starting off the birthdays this week with LL Cool J, but that's not going to happen. That's mm. a, it I would not be great. No. We'd have to play that song again. Oh, no, let's not do that then. <laughs> but instead, I'm going to say we'd like to wish a happy birthday to the great Steve Martin, who turned 67. Oh, oh good Lord, 67. 67. I know, don't think about it too much. It's frightening. But he could play anywhere from a wild and crazy guy to the five-string banjo. We all need, know Steve Martin as a stand-up comedian with an arrow through his head or the celebrated host of SNL, but... Did you know he was a member of Mensa, the organization for people with extremely high IQs? So now I open it up to the floor, and even you guys, does anybody else know at least one or two members of Mensa? And let me just tell you. Personally or like celebrity types? Celebrity types. And these are not people that <laughs> are Ashton nest- Kutcher? No. <laughs> Good guess. But these are not people you would go, oh, yes, they're very bright. Um, well, okay. okay. The, the list of people yes. I would Do say you know? they're not very bright, um, that's yes. a long one. So let's <laughs> no, start let's to narrow it down. There's a, okay, I have a list of a whole bunch. So wait, the right. hint is they're not very bright. Well, they don't. You don't look and go, oh, there's Steve Jobs, and you look and go, he'd be Mensa. You look and go, oh, Woody Harrelson. Really? I can't begin. No. Ooh, that's Jeff a, Foxworthy. That's a good guess, though. Oh. That's a good guess. Uh, no, then, ooh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum. All right. Ooh, These Jennifer Love Hewitt. I was going to say, start guessing women now. Jody Foster. Jody Foster's got to be in there. Oh, yeah. You know what? You would think so, but no, Sharon Stone. Sharon <gasps> Stone. That's a well, you know, she's. Like I can that. see her doing it. Because she's diabolical. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. No, that's close though. And Gina then, Davis. Yes. No shit. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh, I pulled that one out of my ball. <laughs> On to the lightning round. Olympian Gina Davis. Wow. Yes. Uh, right with the bow yeah, and arrow. Bow wow. and yeah. Tall and smart. Uh, who do you think, Jamie? It's the little boy from Modern Family. Yes. Rico yeah. Rodriguez. No, the, oh. the other one, the white one. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. I don't oh. know his name either. Oh, I, I thought it was Brick House. What's no his name? And also Goldie Hawn? No. Okay. Yes, I double checked. Quentin Tarantino. Wait, did you find Get out of here. Did you Quentin, yes, Tarantino? Quentin Tarantino? What? Are you getting your information from the internet? Of course. Well, James then it might not Woods be and Glenn Headley. 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 <laughs> All right, so that's, uh, I just thought that was fun. So next up, happy birthday to the mother of four, Madonna, who turns 54. Who, uh, and I got to tell you, I think that Madonna just forgot to die. <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier today. Madonna came up and she was sexy and got she was to die. she just forgot. She was like blonde and hot and you know got it going on. And then she got in her thirties, and that's when she should have died, right? From because, Monroe, from Marilyn Monroe yeah. status, or even Nicole. Nicole, what's her kid, name? Not kidding. Uh, Nicole. What's her face? Yeah, Nicole right. Brown Simpson. What no. are we talking right. about? No. <laughs> Bombshell right. from the Playboy. Yes. What was her name? Yeah, Anna oh, Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith. Smith. Right. She did it right. No, Madonna. She just kept waiting to die, and then she forgot or something, and now she's fifty-four. She did Bing. too much yoga. A stu- and now she's like defied death. She, you can't die if you or do that much yoga. Stirring tribute to Madonna. Continue. I know. Yes. I I think she should be older than what? What is she? Fifty-four. It seems like what? she should be a lot older than that. She yeah. looks great though. Yeah. Well, what are her she cohorts? She looks great though. Is that what you said? Well, for fifty-four. Because here's the thing. I'm 54? only twenty. Princes are she, the same age. Keep in mind, what? she's rich. Yeah, that's true. No, if you're rich and 54 and you look like that, you're spending your money. Like, <laughs> you, what are you spending it you on? You know, you got a point though, because I was looking at her plastic surgery compared to other 54 year olds, right. and she has a different doctor because her face doesn't look like the other ones who get that look. Right. She, she went is, to the British plastic surgeon guy, so maybe. they all look like Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah, she looks more like Hugh Grant. She's than... been spending her money on a vocal coat, so she has that British accent now. Right. Like, I'm Madonna. I'm Madonna. It makes me look younger. Governor. I love yoga. <laughs> I was going to say now, I uh, I was saying we all know Shanghai Surprise. She bombed in that. And oh, also, yeah. Who's That Girl was a horrible movie. Yeah. But there was a huge, amazing role that she was given. Evita? And turned down. Oh, turned it down? And then the other person became a huge movie star. Does anyone know? President of Mensa. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> 
No. Um, Wait, the, this, the one she turned down yeah, catapulted she, somebody to start And she said she turned down the role because it was wait, too, wait, too mushy. Woman. No, no mushy. too mushy. And it's, and it's a movie you love. That's the thing. Really? She would have killed it. So Indiana is, Jones? Linda no. Hamilton and Terminator. No. Good guess. Too mushy. Yeah. That's not mushy. Speed. No, that's Speed. not mushy. No. Renee Zellweger from Jerry Maguire? <gasps> no, that's a good guess. Uh, but she was already no. 60 at that time. Yes, right. like 80s. You're talking 80s. I'm talking 80s. Oh. She was already Oh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg in the color purple. Yes. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer in the fabulous Baker Boys. Oh. She would have killed yeah. that movie. Like in what way? We never, would, like we never would have heard of it. <laughs> you never would have heard of it. She would have sung it all crazy it and been nasal. Swept and... away. Oh. oh. Talk about marrying the director to get a career. That did not work for her, did it? No. And that wraps and another movie show. Everybody, everybody, happy birthday. <laughs> all right, so uh, that's the show. And uh, together we are the movie guys. Individually, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Guy. Follow us on Twitter at the movie guys, on Facebook at facebook.com slash the movie guys. As well as on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, the whole dizzle. Uh, Vine, we made some new Vine videos. Six oh, yeah. second reviews, mm. hashtag six second review. Uh, thanks to Paul Valencourt Yay! sitting in as our guest host. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Daniel Travis. Yay! He was, he so was funny. great. He was very good. Jamie okay. Clark Elvington keeping our shit together. Yay! And of course, Steve Schultz for all his writing contributions to the show every week. And remember, you can always find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. Thank you for listening. Movie guys! This shark swallow you whole. Shark after dark. Oh yeah, we're back. And today we add the sexy factor to the Movie Guys channel's Shark Movie Week. So panel. Who do you think is the sexiest shark out there? Lori Grenier. Jabberjaw. Hey, where's the tower, gang? Land shark. Land shark. Daniel. Will Smith. What's happening, baby? Looking good, ladies. Hey, Oscar. Uh, uh. That's all we have time for. <laughs>